sinners and choosers and lovers and dreamers and hypocrites, cynical folks, anyone who's ever found themselves in or out of a relationship, welcome to Choose Your Own Religion. My name is Joe. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Always happy to have you if this is uh, this is not your first time. Uh, if this is not your first time, you know, I, I got I to gotta just tell the people who it is their first time what the deal is. I have to. But uh, this is the show where me and a guest, usually a comedian from L.A., not always, but usually, sometimes it's a, it's a person with a, some kind of theology degree, some kind of ordainment from some entity to speak some kind of word of uh, something we call God, and we talk about religious shit. Uh, what we grew up with, what do we believe now, what what kind of uh, issues are are on our minds these days, uh, what beef do we have, do we not have any beef, and uh, then we make up a religion every episode. And this week, I'm excited to have Julia Meltzer, who's a writer, performer, and podcaster out here in Los Angeles. She's currently on the UCB Herald team called Queen George, which you can find anytime uh, they're playing Herald Night, and she also has a podcast called Honey, which is about relationships. It gets couples on, real live couples to talk about their relationships. And uh, I've listened to a couple episodes. It's a great podcast. You should check it out. And because of that, we talk a good amount about relationships on this episode. And by the way, if you like this episode, oh boy, guess what? You can find way more at chooseyourownreligion.com and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Also at chooseyourownreligion.com, I have a, a blog where Every week this year, I've been going to a new spiritual place as some sort of kind of uh, religious tourist. Uh, places on that blog that I've gone have included uh, a Hindu temple, a Malibu, a Quaker meeting, Unitarian church, uh, and a place called the Pillar of Fire. So if you want to read any of my experiences in that, you should just go to chooseyourownreligion.com. And uh, it's called This Week in Spiritual Narcissism because that's what it often feels like. Also could be the name of this podcast. And uh, online, you can sign up for my mailing list if you want. Uh, and if you don't want to do any of that and you just want to listen, that's cool too. I really appreciate you guys listening. I really love connecting with you guys. Uh, feel free to email me at joejoquint.net if you want to talk about anything. I love hearing from you. That's it. So please uh, sit down with your significant other and have a good, hard talk about how they need to listen to Julia Meltzer. Allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners. Wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers? Know that you are blessed. I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best, and I hope that you choose your own religion. So yeah, wait, how long have you has uh has Honey been going on now? Over a year. Yeah. Maybe just about a year, actually. Mm-hmm. Maybe less than a year. <laughs> Some uh, no, amount of you time. Know what? Less than a year. We well, we started recording like quite a bit before we started releasing okay yeah so it, we've been recording for a year and i think we've been releasing mm-hmm. for not quite a year yeah there was one time it's funny you put out like uh or somebody you or ryan put out a thing on facebook being like hey if any couples are interested and i asked my girlfriend at the time if she was interested and she said uh no it's a little too early in our relationship to do that <laughs> and i was like fine then we ended up breaking up so i was like oh good yeah, call good yeah, call yeah. not going on there although maybe uh, that would have been a great episode i don't know people always ask me about the couples, yeah, and it, it would be kind of a bummer to be like they broke up. <laughs> well, it, it, 
it's bound to happen at some point, right? I don't think so because I think if like, I mean, your story is uh, illustrative because people who elect to come on the podcast uh-huh. are very happy and comfortable together. Yeah. No one has broken up yet. But I mean, theoretically, there's going to come a time when these are still on the internet, right? Well, maybe you can take them down, whatever. But like theoretically, yes. five years yes. from now, I, I don't think everybody on your podcast would be together. You're right. No, no, no. It's not about me. This is what I'm saying. It's not about me. It's a selection bias about who. Oh, you're who only picking the, the strong. to do it. Uh, yeah. No, they're selecting. Self-selecting. <laughs> yes, a self-selection bias. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I also, I don't have that big a sample size. Mm-hmm. They could be part of the 50% that don't get divorced. That's true. Or whatever. And I've interviewed... Like, I mean, I've interviewed people, I guess, now that I'm saying this, I'm like, everybody fucking gets divorced. I just interviewed (laughs) people who have been married for 45 years. I don't think they're going to get divorced. I think they're going to stay together. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Wait, you interviewed 45-year-old marriage? Yeah. Oh, wow. How was that? So awesome. Yeah? So great. Yeah. What what did you see in them that you didn't see in, like, younger couples? Oh, it was so... Well, okay. They made me realize (laughs) there just is a huge difference between couples who... Just choose to stay together. Once you're like, we're not getting divorced and uh-huh. we're not breaking up, the way you fight is totally different from when you're like, I don't know. Mm. And you're like, whatever, someone insecure in your relationship or always evaluating your relationship every time you fight. Gotcha. So it's yeah. like, you know, that looks like the OK Cupid question. It's like, what's more important, dedication or passion? Do you know that? Ooh. Are you familiar with OK Cupid? Or have you ever been on the Cubes? Yes, I've been on the Cubes, but for it's so long, so yeah. long ago. But sure, that, sure, sure. That's one of the questions. I actually had never been online. At online dating and then I guess for some reason I just like decided to do it and uh-huh. my roommate who is gay and so has been online dating since the dawn of time right was like uh he was like okay you're going on okay Cupid and he like came home from work and I was like I'm texting with four guys and he was like that's not how you're supposed to do that <laughs> he was like delete your profile block all these numbers uh-huh. you're in trouble yeah. so my point is I'm not good at okay Cupid gotcha I'm the opposite I actually okay Cupid evolved them that's like for whatever reason that's my jam Are you still on OkCupid? Still am. Wow. Well, I uh, I just actually just met somebody on it. Um, that's uh, really promising. I think it's good because it's a more detailed profile, and it's people who are I don't know. I think it's more authentic because the danger of OkCupid is that people you know in your real life can see you without Mm -hmm. you knowing, without them liking you, basically. Yeah, yeah. So like in uh, so so you could. Like on Tinder or whatever, you could see someone you know and you like them and you can swipe right, but they won't know you you like them unless mm-hmm. they also do, but that's not true of OkCupid. Yeah, so and, it's and braver it, people on OkCupid. Right, and you have like 300 characters on Tinder to like, it's not really... 300 yeah. is too many for me. Okay, like <laughs> human women... <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I feel like now, because OkCupid used to be like the main one far mm-hmm. and away, and then uh, now it's like, it's almost like the match.com for our generation. Like now it's I like, oh, that's, that's, where, that's where you go if you want a relationship is OkCupid. Yeah. Like nobody's, I don't, not many people are just hooking up on OkCupid. I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I've actually, my last three girlfriends have all been from OkCupid. It's, I like it in Los Angeles. What are lot. you not trying to date people in comedy? No. So easy. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> for some people it definitely is okay actually this is my this is my thing i have a strict no stand-ups rule i've always had that me too every human should have that yeah rule, but... <laughs> whether you're in stand-up or not yeah yeah uh for me it's like i don't yeah they're they're the ones i consider the most 
my I guess my my peer group, my direct okay, peer group yeah, more so your, than improv. Your colleagues, your colleagues. Yeah, yeah. improv. I I was a, I didn't want to date somebody in that for a while, but I've I've opened but that it's up. So improvisers are so nice to date. They're great listeners. Impro- They're fun in a group. Exactly. You know what I'm I've, talking about. I've come yeah. around on improvisers. <laughs> I'm like I can. That's a good balance. I can I can do that. Um and and uh but yeah for I don't know I don't know what I'm so afraid of. I guess it's like because you can have good relationships that just end they don't have to all like i've had relationships break up that was like fine and amicable it wasn't all messy but i guess that's you don't want you never want to like just have to come across that person like over and over yes you know i'm talking a big game right now but i am (laughs) definitely wary of like this could go south and then Uh i have to see this person do you date in comedy a lot no. No. Oh, that's a weird question to ask. <laughs> no, no, no. I I don't date in comedy a lot. Well, I had like my one big relationship with in comedy, so that's just like separately weird. Even if it weren't comedy, I'm like uh-huh. you all know my ex boyfriend. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's like th- there's downsides to dating in comedy. There are downsides to dating on the internet. There yep. are downsides to dating. Let's just not date. How Boom. about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that from the person with the relationship podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean for mine, because a lot of my relationships have not, and uh, potential relationships didn't work out because of time and, like, just completely different priorities. And, like, they would, because like... Of having time to spend on the relationship, you mean? Lack uh, of time to devote. R- right, on my part. Um, and so, like, we ha- there was one in particular where they spent... Um, and they weren't even like a homebody particularly. They were, I mean, they're in grad school. They had like a social life and stuff, but they just needed more from and wanted more from a boyfriend in terms of like time spending with them than I can realistically offer. And like, so that wasn't, that was like a logistical reason we broke up. It wasn't really like everything else was pretty good. But were you like, that. I wish I had more time to give to you? Yeah. And oh, you know, okay. we, we, I, I, we tried for a while too. Like I try, I compromised where I could, but then I kind of reached a breaking point. I'm like, I, there's only so much I can compromise right now. I mean, we're like young in Los Angeles. This is like the time I have to be going out like all the time for my, <laughs> and, and for my career. I know. I, that's I know. that's the pressure. That's at least, stand up. at least that's the, that, that's the pressure I put on myself. Who knows how true that actually is, but that's, that's what I feel like. I don't know. I, I do know. feel like that is the conventional wisdom and it takes a lot to be like to buck the conventional wisdom right what i think is if you want to be my and i don't do stand up at all Mm -hmm. but i the what i hear is like if you want to be good at it you have to be doing mics every night more yeah five six nights a week yeah so if you're gonna not do that you better have like some other plan than you think is better (laughs) you think it's better than that right it's true um and you know that's and that's a that's a real consideration I've had to start thinking about when you think about like the long term because I've had um, and then I've you know one of my big relationships of uh, the past several years ended because I can't like she moved away mm-hmm. and I couldn't follow her and because and and the reason and we tried for so long figuring out if like we could make something work and like she was always asking me like could you ever could you see yourself like do you have to be in los angeles like i really have to be in la or new york i'm like five six years who knows like maybe something will happen my career Mm -hmm. circumstances will be different but like i you know i i said i have to stay in la and then that makes you really the rubber really starts meeting the road you're like man is the life of a stand is this really what i want like is this Mm -hmm. am i really sacrificing these things like, what am I sacrificing it for? Well, how you know? about this? How about this? How about this? Okay, I'm a genie. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I'm, a genie. I'm a genie and shy. I'm a genie and I'm like, okay, 
I promise you that in 20 years you will have a fantastically successful career in comedy. Right. Or I promise you in 20 years you'll have a fantastically happy marriage and family. Which do you choose? Oh, my God. How dare you ask that question? Ugh, that's so hard. Um, I think ultimately, I think the former is much more likely to support the latter. So I think if I was guaranteed to have the career, that would more likely support a solid family life for me. Because I think... <laughs> That's so male normative. Okay. No, that's not, but I don't mean it in a male normative way. I know, but way. I'm like, that's so fascinating that you're saying that. I think that's only true for men. And I think that's oh, true. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yes, I agree with that. that like, it's true in a way that also hurts men because, you know, I see oh, men have this pressure of feeling that they need to be like financially secure before they can get married and have a family which women don't feel as much yeah i and you know i don't um and i didn't mean in the sense of like i have to be the provider or anything like that Mm -hmm. or i have to be like i don't need to be the head of that household per se but i know for my own fulfillment uh that's it's a major that's going to be a major factor in my to happiness. make you a happy person and then therefore to... a better person in my relationships yeah like i that's one aspect we talked about with the, this particular ex was like yeah if i'm like if we moved away and i never accomplished like my dreams because of that i would always like it would bug the shit out of me forever you know yeah. and i would not be as happy and not be as fulfilled i wouldn't feel like i was giving the most back to the world whether it's through stand-up or you know, other stuff like pod- podcasting ever, you know, yeah. other lots of things are keeping me right now in LA for good reason. Very um, good. Very good indicator of not the time to leave LA. If you're like, yeah, it would bum me out. Yeah. The rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's really it. But, um, I, yeah, I don't think those are incompatible, but, uh, like the f- happy family and happy stand up. But right, right now they might be. <laughs> yes. Sure. 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 Yeah. Sure. Um, Wait, have you had, uh, so on your, what have you, what have you learned the most? What have I learned? I've learned that. I was curious though. What have you yeah, learned? Yeah, uh, a lot. Um, I've learned that like uh, relationships are so different and like what, what you think makes a good, happy relationship might not be A, what makes your partner have a good, happy relationship or B, what your friends, like people who are people will be like i listened to my friend's episode and like i always thought they were so fucked up but like now i get it you know like like a relationship looks different on the outside and there are so many different things work for different people and something that you are like i would not be able to tolerate that totally works for someone else okay that's the first thing i learned Mm -hmm. um i learned that it's not really like how much you fight or how badly you fight it's how you how you feel about the fighting Hmm. so like a couple could have crazy plate throwing fights every (laughs) night but if they're like whatever we're that's fine Uh then they're i think they are gonna last okay but a couple could have like one minor tiff once and freak out about it and they could right and i think they're not gonna last. the first couple just has to go to crate and barrel a lot yeah (laughs) lots and lots of plates yeah yeah that's cool. And yeah. and something is you said too about the old couple having more that dedication sense, that sort of like we're mm-hmm. going to we're committed. Were they religious by any chance? I don't think so. Yeah, cuz that's something that I as I have like danced around uh you know, going to church. I mean, this year I'm going to a new church every week as part of this like my project for this podcast. I'm cool. blogging about it each week. Um sort of like spiritual tourism type stuff, but uh that's one thing that I start thinking about is like, man, there is like a, I think relationships within 
churches, when you meet somebody in a spiritual place, work really well because there is an underlying shared values there that extend past like your pure, you know, emotional feelings for that person in that moment or like your pure, it's not, not that all relationships like lust or anything, but like your, the passion is, there's like an extra element there. I agree. And like, there's one, some people I've, like some pastors I've heard talk about it is like, you know, it's a lot of times in the church, it's like when with a marriage in a, in a very religious context, it's not just a relationship between you and your partner, but it's, each of you to God or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. your higher power is. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's also like what you both have in mind in the course of your marriage. It's not just about you two. It's yeah. about serving a greater purpose. That reminds me of something this, this 45 year marriage told me about, which is they basically, their like secret, which I think is so awesome is they just both did so much work on on themselves. If they're mm. having a problem in their relationship, they just would be like, okay, I need to improve myself to be able to deal with this more. And I mm. think if you have this whatever like triangular relationship, mm-hmm. that that speaks to that, right? Like, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because it's you're not when it's only you know you and your partner it's like it can i can see it devolving into an us versus them thing it's, it's either me or it's either her that's wrong or it's like mm-hmm. and a lot of people might it, it's some people more naturally blame themselves and some more people more naturally blame the other person i think in mm-hmm. general in life mm-hmm. like i think i tend to blame myself just naturally and sometimes to a, a fault like sometimes i'm like too hard on myself i think oh wow in relationships or in the world in general whereas other people like they they have zero of that yeah. and it's always somebody else's fault well i i blame other people but now i'm emotionally healthy so when when i like catch myself blaming other people i'm like this is because i'm mad at myself <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i you know something too where it's um i think i and i there was a jealousy was something i used to have a big problem with oh um Ooh. And that was, I mean, that's a perfect example of something that is something you need to work on yourself. But like for me, cause, and it was exacerbated because it was a long distance thing. And so I couldn't, you know, I didn't have the daily weekly reassurance of like being able to touch that person, see that person. There's more mystery. Like, what are they really doing? I have zero idea. You start, your imagination goes a little crazy at times. Um, now that's also to say there's some, sometimes I think once she started picking up on that, she would intentionally sometimes return to it yeah. just to see how I would react. <laughs> and it was poorly with how I would react. So, uh, but then that was, uh, I'm really thankful for that too because it really made me que- like have to investigate some uh, insecurity that I had about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But even like what we're talking about now is so like varsity level. <laughs> right. <laughs> Emotional uh-huh. awareness. Well, that, that's where I'm at. So. Good. I love it. Just varsity. I'm just but getting my letterman so jacket. so many people are not even close to being there oh i i was thinking you were like it's okay so you have jv varsity and then college and then professional oh that's I what i was like no varsity i remember i was because okay. i was like oh i'm yeah i'm just i'm just now oh, getting into high school no, emotionally no, no. varsity i meant good <laughs> gotcha varsity was, varsity's good yeah i don't know I, so it, many people like don't even know how to play the sport you know what i'm saying <laughs> uh-huh wait do you have you had religious people on your podcast like any religious couple that you know like we're church going people um i mean it's los angeles so maybe not that many yes yeah i have um but i've had um you know chris and rebecca he's a 
like lapsed Mormon. Right, right. Did you listen to that one? I didn't listen to that he, one. He like so he's divorced and he left his he got divorced mm-hmm. because his first wife wanted to stay Mormon and he did mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Oh, I've I've heard him talk about. It. I've had yeah. had him on this podcast talk mm-hmm. about that, but oh, I haven't yeah, I didn't cool. hear your episode yeah. on that. Fascinating <laughs> episode. I've had some religious Jews. Mm-hmm. I've had, um, I mean, like my parents. Uh huh. I've your parents. So were you, were you slash are you religious? I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. You don't like. You know what? I, have you talked to Jews before? <laughs> yeah, talk to you like Jews don't before. have to be religious to be Jewish. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, well, it could be, I've, you know, I've had some run the gamut from, like, conservative Jews, like, actually, like, are pretty, like, regular, and then some are like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a Jew, I, I, I have the title. Yeah, 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 it's that, it's like, you can be like, I don't believe, I don't subscribe, I don't, but, like, you're still, you could even on. be like, I'm not Jewish, and I would be like, okay, but you're Jewish, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, was yeah. it always that way with you? Like, were, were you, like, uh, more... Uh, like hardcore when you were younger or no i mean i've never been hardcore but i come from new york city okay so big big jew city all jews all jews everywhere Mm -hmm. didn't have to think about it always all surrounded by jews Uh uh-huh did you go to like hebrew school or anything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah the whole time or like however like all through went to hebrew school until my bat mitzvah oh is that when you get you don't have to go anymore yeah. Yeah. That's when like the only the weirdos go after that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and bar how was your uh, how was that? It's it was bot. my bat mitzvah. It was stressful because I was an anxious child first of all. So like when I was little, I would like see all the bar and bat mitzvahs happening. Uh-huh. When I was really little, like five years old, I like asked my parents if I could start preparing because uh-huh. wow. I was like, that seems hard. And it's almost I'm like it's like getting married to God. Like a marriage, like in that, no, like a wedding. You're like, no. no. <laughs> why is? Why do you think it's like a wedding? Because of like the whole, like it's all, you know, it, all this pressure to like make it a big ceremony. All the focus tends to be on the bride and a marriage or the wedding, I should say. Like uh-huh. I'm talking about the wedding. That's the. I mean, okay, apparently I'm wrong, but that's why why I'm well, seeing maybe that someone would agree with you, but to me, <laughs> but it's like it's a big party. There's like a there's a reception must like much like a re- wedding reception. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm that far off. Okay, but here's why it's hard, and it's different from why a wedding is hard. And I'm not saying a wedding is not hard. It's very emotionally taxing mm-hmm. and intense and stuff mm-hmm. but you have to like read all this hebrew in front of people uh. it's a lot it's like a test <laughs> it's like a performance wow like it's, read it like off of a script or do you have to like memorize it well you or both b- both you're uh-huh. reading hebrew but it's like hard to read hebrew oh, and you have yeah, to yeah, yeah. chant it and that is not written for you so you have to memorize wow. how it's supposed to be chanted do you know what it actually said like do you know what the english version of it is yeah you have yeah. to learn what the english per- version of it is because you have to give a speech about it oh wow it's like a whole big deal it's hard how'd your speech go it was intense. That's <laughs> <laughs> an intense child. But, um, okay, so uh, I was 13 years old, and my, like, tour portion had uh, an, the, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth quote okay. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to, like, really meditate on it and, like, give your point of view on it. So I gave my little speech about, like, why I um, 
I'm opposed to the death penalty. <laughs> hey, I'm 13 good. years old. <laughs> hey, you know, but you know where you stand. Yeah. 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 And I didn't even know all this garbage about how much it costs now. Oh yeah, like the like <laughs> you go into it like, and really the legal costs are crazy and yeah. All this, yeah I was funny. at 13. I was approaching it from a moral point of view. Now I'm like, this is just stupid. Like it costs more money to right. kill people. So it's impractical. It Throw them the fuck in jail. Wait, and you, were you acting back then too? No, 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 not yet. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> in high school or anything, or is that? What, like, um, when did you no, say? not really. Wow. Not until college. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was. Uh, so you're not. You were, didn't have like speaking public speaking chops. Well, say. I loved attention. Uh, so <laughs> that was. <laughs> so that's all the, uh, the driver. That's fine. Do. Yeah, but I had to do an A plus gold star perfect job. Mm-hmm. And so in Hebrew school. Uh, what made you, because you don't, Hebrew school is like the, op, it's like an additional school, right? It's yeah. not, it doesn't replace no, no. normal school. Yeah, you go after school. Yeah. We went on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. So that's wow. another thing. Sunday school happens during church. No, no, no. We would go to synagogue <laughs> on Saturday and then back to Hebrew school on Sundays. Dang, what the fuck? Dang, that's so much. What the fuck? <laughs> was that the main reason it was just a big time consuming thing that you you left did it ever like did you ever feel like you really had a strong connection with god um <laughs> i guess i guess not right if it took me that long to answer probably not well for me when i think about i don't feel like i have a personal connection with god Mm -hmm. i feel like via my family and via the tribe and all the jews we are connected to god but god's like maybe one of those friends who you've like never hung out (laughs) one-on-one and it would be awkward (laughs) if you were alone together Uh (laughs) (laughs) i can see that yeah well and i meant too as a kid and it's weird when i think about because i was uh and i didn't mean to put you in a little bind there or anything no that's i love it but i was thinking of my like how would i answer that I mean, because my concept of what God is is so different than it was when I was, you know, growing up yeah. as a Presbyterian little preacher's kid, and like mm-hmm. your your view of God is like a big, invisible patriarch kind of dude. Yeah. Okay, um, but can I tell you something else? Yes, please. Okay, do. buckle your seatbelt. So my mom is not Jewish. My mom is a Christian scientist. Ooh. So juicy. Juicy. So I was always like aware of like sometimes i would go to church with my mom and sometimes i would go to sunday school but like we family was jewish for sure jewish just my mom was kind of like doing her own thing and also would like come to synagogue with us and Mm -hmm. whatever but so like i know all about jesus okay and i think jesus is a lot more like child friendly oh than yeah the jewish god jesus is so great even now i'm like jesus seems great I mean, he's you like know, your bud you know uh-huh do you know the song jesus loves the little children no i mean it's right there that so sounds jesus close. loves the little children all the children of the world red and yellow black and white <laughs> that's it that's it Yes, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That was like the song when you're growing wow, up. Wow, yeah. And maybe not does. maybe not red, yellow, black, and white. We don't have to say that. Yeah. But that's that was in there. And there was just all the little things that's like um, you know, little like lamb mm-hmm. lamb imagery. Oh yeah. Very appealing to small children. You're like, I'm just a little lamb he, and Jesus is taking care of but me. But he he actually really does talk a lot about how children are like how we should be more childlike like mm-hmm. we should 
as adults, we have we become more and more separated from our childlike nature. I mean, we mm-hmm. see this in improv too. I think like a lot of improv is like learning how to be a kid again. I think to be like yeah. a, to be fun to be able to play totally. And uh, I mean, yeah, Jesus talks about that uh, a fair amount. How he's like, if you want to know how to be like live in the kingdom of God, look mm-hmm. at look at these kids. Look how pure of joy they are. Like how like you know that I guess it's an innocence that kind of lets that capture like keep them uh, stay so joyful. But there's a very there's such a purity there yes. with their honesty and. Uh, they just most of them just want everybody to have fun. Yeah, and like when I would go to Sunday school occasionally, it was just like very sweet and nice and fun. But even to the extent where I already felt a little bit jaded, because <laughs> but you're I, like a jaded nine year old. Yes, because just I was a I was like outside this of class. is kind of emotionally because oh. I was like what is this because hebrew school was like we were slaves and now we are free Mm, and then so much holocaust stuff so much Holocaust. by the way 2017 i'm just in a constant holocaust panic that's what hebrew school did (laughs) they're like this is how you can spot a holocaust a coming yeah like that's what they taught us yeah there's a big um well i mean Jews have historically been a persecuted people hell yeah yeah and it's like (laughs) it is such a part it's like it would be it would be impossible not to have that as part of like the history and the identity. Of yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's grandparents are just all so fucked up. Uh-huh. Even my grandparents were born in the United States, but their parents like fled Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. How did you, uh, cause I know I've heard different answers from different uh, Jewish people, but how do you, how does that sort of mindset, do you feel like you were taught to handle grief and like bad things happening in your life in a certain way because of that? Like, do you take that lesson and then translate it into like, I don't know, not getting like a job that you want or like something bad happening or like unfair things happening? Mm-hmm. I mean, has there, was there ever any kind of like connection there in terms of like to the Holocaust? Not to the Holocaust, to, uh, to like the idea that like like God persecuted people where God shows bad things happen to good people. In fact, the worst things happen to the best people. Yes. Okay. That's cool, what I cool, meant. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's a great question. I feel like I am not the best person to ask. <laughs> you should pick a more normal Jew because. Mm-hmm. Well, you might my, be more, nor, the most. Normal I might Jew. be the most normal Jew. No, you should take like uh, you should take a person who had a more normal Jewish childhood because my brother died when i was eight years old oh wow so that was like the most like that that whatever poisoned this well of like why do bad things happen that was it was so crazy you know so i think i didn't like i was like yeah like bad things happen from when i was very little probably why i was smoking cigarettes outside of sunday school (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah so I'm, i'm sorry to hear that it's um, okay. It I mean, was you're like, so it's long, long ago. ago. It's like a different lifetime ago at this point. That was feel just like. a mere 14 years ago. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, so young and fresh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it was over 20 years ago. I mean, do you remember how like, so you don't remember necessarily any lessons being tried, like those types of like, this is why, like explaining to a child, like why your, your brother is passing away. I think it was it was just sometimes bad things happen to good people. Yeah. That was it. Book of Job that, stuff. Yeah. 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 Wait, do you guys do you guys study Job? Yeah, Job is Old Testament, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well that's one something I always was uh I heard somebody's interpretation of Job as um 
like the less the takeaway there is that because there's you know the whole thing is like god's you know and satan getting this weird bet of like can job stay loyal to you no matter how much <laughs> shit you throw at him yeah and uh and that's not the the lesson isn't like oh you should like so, so i think the surface level lesson is like yeah it's keep loving god no matter what happens but i think the greater stuff they go into and the one way i've heard somebody explain it, i can't remember who but it's just like um just bad things will happen to you, but we don't have to be bitter because of it. We yeah. can keep our heads up. We can continue with a good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. it's, uh, and so what made you, after your, your bat mitzvah, mm-hmm. I mean, did you, was that like your parents just, that was the, they just wanted you to be in Hebrew school up until that point, And then you were like, I'm, I'm good. It was like it was like after that there was no Monday, Wednesday, Sunday. It was like teen group uh-huh. <laughs> or something. And like, right. and I was, you know, my high school was everybody was Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of those groups are like so you can hang out with like like-minded whatever, right? Or keep a religious community. But like my high school was effectively a religious community. It was like seventy percent Jewish. So yeah, you didn't have that need to like right. Seek I it out. had like all jewish friends and whatever yeah did you ever like uh and then out here but well out here it's probably a little bit different i mean you're still entertainment industry so you have a good amount of jews yeah but it is different it's not like the upper east side Mm -hmm. um uh and i have i have jewish friends um but yeah it is different no christian scientist friends I would be so psyched to meet her. If you're listening <laughs> to this and you know me and you're a Christian scientist, meet me. Wait, is, your, is your mother still a Christian scientist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been to one recently? Like a, a, a whatever, a worship service? No, I haven't. Oh, I should go. It would be fun. Or I, you can just go to a reading room. Have you been? No, but I, I saw that those are a thing. Yeah, we should go to the one. It's right on Vermont. I'd love like to go to one. It's like some prime real estate on Vermont. We should go. You can read some nice stuff. It's I'm very, definitely going to. It's just to. kind of like Christian science is all is all about everything is um, great. Yeah. And if something seems like it's not great, don't worry because that's not real. Like, well, there's stick it out until it reveals itself to you how it's great. That's my yeah. interpretation of it, and that's very comforting. Mm-hmm. No, I, li- I like that. And th- isn't there something too with like uh, their attitude towards like medical treatment? It's like a little strange. Yes, it yeah. is. It is. It isn't. It isn't. Okay, because and maybe this is just because I am whatever. It's always been somewhat familiar to me, but like. Um, it, it's basically like no medicine, no med, it's no medical treatment because mm-hmm. it's like, if you, if something is wrong with you, that's not real. That's mm-hmm. a, a human error. Mm-hmm. God is perfect and he made you in his image. So you're perfect. That's yeah. basically the gist. So like that leads to some like crazy stuff like <laughs> yeah. we had to like sit my mom down and be like go get a mammogram like she yeah. was she like forgot and she was like oh i'll do it later we we're like no you have to do it yeah but also it like i don't think i was really ever given like t- children's tylenol or something mm-hmm. and i turned out fine yeah. you know like stuff like that if i felt sick my mom would be like take a nap you know or mm-hmm. poop you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. Was not, I think people We'd, are over medicated and especially totally, like yeah, old. Yeah. You know, when my um 
step-grandpa got cancer. Mm -hmm. He was an old man. And he was like, okay, now I'm just going to enjoy the rest of my life and then die. You know? That's kind of nice. Yes, I agree. I think there's sometimes too much medical intervention. Oh, yeah. Well, they say, they say like, they spend like 95% of like a person's medical expenses or something. This stat could be way off, but Mm -hmm. an an absurd amount is spent in like the last week of their life. Like compared to like, it's like 95% of their entire life's medical expenses can be spent on that last week in the hospital. I mean, part of that's just an indictment on like the American like hospital, like medical insurance stuff. But um, I think that's interesting. I've never thought of it in that way that I think, yeah, the truth probably is somewhere in the middle. Like we, we probably need to get surgeries and stuff, you know, some like actual, like there are some serious. Like if you're like a, uh, you know, father of two in your mid thirties. Yeah. Like aggressively beat that cancer. Yeah. If you're yeah, exactly in your 80s, I'll be chilling out. I'll tell you that I will not be hustling to get I, another 20 years. I'll be yeah. like, that was great. Good run. Had a good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Um, so we're I only have to kind of awkwardly pivot now. To, okay, because we're a little little quick on time. This That's episode. my fault. That's fine. It was my fault. Is a is a fun quick little episode, but uh, we have the. Are you? Did I tell you the gimmick of the show? Are you aware of the gimmick where we make up a religion? Okay, yeah. Let's make up let's, a religion. Let's, let's do it. So, um, a questionnaire. A little. I got a little. A uh, little questionnaire. A little okay. List of stuff. Um, all right. So in your. Now this can be completely silly, serious, whatever one that you want people to be a part of. You want you want to. Leave, it doesn't. <laughs> just, there's no rules. I'm sure what My I'm saying. Fault. Yeah, they're okay. making up religion. Um, cool. Whatever that means to you. What kind of, in this religion, what kind of concept of God would you like? Whether it's old visible patriarch or it's uh, something else or it's a polytheistic thing. Jesus. Friendly Jesus. Friendly Jesus. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Kid friendly Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tight. Uh, what kind of, what would be like the overarching ethos? What would, what would you like to like the main message of this religion? Oh, be? the main, the main message is like, is um kind of, uh, like a combination of hedonism and pragmatism. Like interesting. Yeah. Like this is we're gonna do everything we gotta do to make and utilitarianism. Let's make life that as basically good as is possible a mix of for, hedonism and pragmatism, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna make life as good as possible for as many people as possible. Yeah, that makes a I've never thought about that, but that makes hmm. makes a lot of sense. Um wait, by the way, do you so if you a, a these okay. are heavy questions, it kind of, sort of quasi out of nowhere. Okay. Would you, okay, are you planning on one day having kids somewhere down the road? B, mm-hmm. if so, would you raise them in a church? Yes, yes. Yes, and yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And why? Well, I think it's <laughs> partially because of no, my yeah. my experience. Like, something horrible happened to my family when I was little. And, like, can you imagine if it was like, there is no God and yeah. <laughs> there's no reason? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, I, well, and friendly Jesus. I think friendly Jesus is nice for children. Yeah. And our world is only going to get more fucked up. And mm-hmm. yeah. Certainly looking that way. And I think it's like nice family time too. No, that's cool. Maybe, I don't know. It's like church or skiing. <laughs> church or skiing. <laughs> Something where that at least there's like a cool ski instructor who looks kind of like Jesus. <laughs> and you're like, well, you know, at least you can, uh, yeah. you can be that's friendly to Jesus. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, what kind of uh, rules would you like in this religion? Is there a concept of sin? Is there? Oh a, wow! Is there like a? If we're trying to achieve utilitarianism? Oh gosh, that's so great. The rule, 
the rule is you have to be as self-aware as possible. Mm, the sin, I like that. The sin is is not having a good sense of yourself. You know, that's something that Taylor Swift talks about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. No, I really enjoy Taylor Swift's music. Huge fan, but I try not to listen to her. Like outside of that <laughs> points of view. Well, of the world. This is an old. I will say this is an old quote. I've, mm-hmm. This is pre kind of Kanye sort oh, of falling oh, out okay. stuff, which maybe so maybe she's not completely perfect in that. And her, mm-hmm. but she said like she would watch these uh, behind the music vi- like shows mm-hmm. from VH1, and just realize that a lot of the downfall, a lot of them, was a lack of self awareness, mm. and so it's that's a very important thing to her. But, yeah, and you know nobody's perfect in being able to achieve that. Yes, it's true. It's so true. it's an interesting that you uh, you went there. But to me, yeah, self self awareness is like very attractive to me. Lack of self awareness is I can't I hate you. What's well, the worst? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's that that's like the key. I've I've. I feel like I've come across this recent, or I don't know, certain things in your life. They, have you, do you feel like you remember or like relearn the same things like over and over the course of your life? Mm-hmm. Like, oh right, I knew and this. And you have to be, and you have to be okay with that. You can't be like, God damn it, I learned that already. You I know, have to be like, like oh, I, yep, here it is again. Like I remember yeah. <laughs> learning this five years ago. Yeah, now yeah. I'm relearning it, and this is one. That's one. Just it's not even relearning, just re-realizing that like so much of the key of bad. Uh, like social skills or a bad social awkwardness is fundamentally not being self-aware or too so self even hyper self-aware that you're not even actually self-aware yes like yeah. you're so narcissistic it becomes a lack you're not actually aware yeah you become because that's when you're not self-aware enough to realize that nobody's thinking about you as much as you right, think they are right yeah. i like that have you had the like over the course of your life have you do you feel like you're a fairly self-aware person or like have you had times where you were not you didn't feel that you were that self-aware? Like, was there ever a point where you're like, fuck, I gotta, like, meditate. I gotta work on observing myself. I probably do. I think I'm very... I think I, I do... Knock on wood, I'm pretty... I'm very evolved. Mm. Most people I talk to, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a lot more emotionally healthy <laughs> yeah, yeah. than you are, even in a way where, like, I, some, I sometimes am overly emotional and badly behaved or something but i'm like i'm aware i'm aware i mean somewhat somewhat in control and i'm aware i um uh i think there was just like a big shift for me in college Mm -hmm. when like basically uh towards the end of college i was like oh like there are people who i feel uncomfortable around Mm -hmm. i don't need to hang out with those people yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are people yeah. who I do feel comfortable around and can be myself around. Mm-hmm. And then so sometimes I'll see a person who is uncomfortable and I'm like, you're probably not in the space you should be in your life. If this is, if you're so uncomfortable, yeah. you're like struggling to fit in, struggling to be what these people you're surrounded by, you imagine that you think they want you to be like find a new crowd yeah well, there's like two there's two ways i think for me when i've felt that in myself it's usually one or two problems where it sometimes it is it is the wrong crowd it's like oh no philosophically i don't line up with these people i don't like we have i want to be and this happened with me over the course of my comedy career lots of times with like you're just starting out you just want to find your crew like your stand-up friends so you're hanging out as different scenes because there's different flavors even within the la comedy scene Mm -hmm. like you know your club comics your east side comics Mm -hmm. you have all this sort of thing and so you if you hang out so much with one you want because you want to just be I mean, I think this happened at UCB too. People want to, oh, yeah. they want to be in UCB, but then they don't realize like, oh, I don't even really fit in comedically with these people. And that's, yeah. 
that's okay because UCB doesn't have a monopoly on comedy by any means, you know? Yeah. So, and you're not going to do good comedy if you feel uncomfortable. Yes, that definitely happens. And then sometimes it's like like a Maslow. And you're not going to do good comedy if you're worried about everybody liking you and thinking you're cool. For sure. But sometimes it's for me, I've been, I needed to work on myself. There was the right crowd. I just didn't, wasn't bringing the right thing to the table. Mm. And often it's like not a, it's, you know, it's like a, have you, do you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Like no. The psychological what concept? is that? Great psychological thing Ooh. where he's a, some psychiatrist who a long time ago realized there's like, we need to have certain needs met before we can rise to a different level. So like the first one is like security, like your food, water. There's like very base level things. Then there's like family relation. I can't remember the exact order. So I'm going to uh-huh. get the order. Up. I'm going to look it up. After. Yeah. It's like I'm your fascinated. family. That's another salt. Like you need to have that a foundation. Then you need to have your like interpersonal relationships on top of that. And that only then can like, can you really start exploring things like, uh, like creativity to its fullest extent or your like higher, you know, self, uh, fulfillment type stuff like spirituality being one of those. Yeah. A lot of people want to skip the steps. They're not taking care of themselves. Their family relationships mm-hmm. are a mess. And mm-hmm. then they're like trying to connect. They're trying to be creative. And don't get me wrong. Some people, are so good that they're they could have messes in those areas yeah, but yeah i've found internally that's made me so much way better to hang out with yeah yeah totally anyway that was a tangent no i loved that tangent um so <sighs> with the rule of self-awareness that's yes. the main thing yeah uh are there any holy texts in this oh gosh and it's not a text could be like a blog you know <laughs> i know i know <laughs> um Hmm. Okay. What's the holy text? The holy text is like, <laughs> I don't know, dear sugar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, do I dear sugar? Dear sugar? What is you that? You don't know dear sugar? That's Cheryl Strayed's advice column. She doesn't write it anymore. Wait, Cheryl, you're, you're, I'm, I'm learning so much in the past uh, 10 seconds. Cheryl Strayed, uh, she wrote wild Again. She wrote the book <laughs> Wild, made into an Oscar-nominated movie starring Reese Witherspoon. Was it Oscar-nominated? I think it was. Oh, the, that, or, the Witherspoon or, one. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. You so remember, that's a book. That's a memoir. You're talking to a male normative so person, shit. so you got you to gotta help me a little bit wild, here. Wild. Um, Listeners, if you wait, know Wild, just tweet at Joe and be like, this is a normal <laughs> thing to know. Wait, what's so great about her column? It's it's very good. It's a very empathetic advice column. She'll always be like, this is what happened to me when I was in this situation. And it has like a lot of memoir and it's very mm. much, um, you know, inspirational. Like when you think of an advice column, it's pretty much like, hey, you need to do this and this and this and stop worrying about this. And this is she she's always like my sweet pea. <laughs> this is. Yeah. That's so cool. like good yeah. the like key quote from it that I have a like um cross stitch of is there is much ahead my immaculate peach. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like I like cute phrases like that. Yeah. It helps like stick in your brain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that's the the holy text. It's a good it is dear sugar. I like this. I like that. So far so good. Now that makes more sense why it's called Dear Sugar. Yeah. Like, what? Sure. Her name is Sugar in the advice column. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So oh dear Abby, dear yeah it's all and she calls her husband mr sugar and she's like when me and mr (laughs) sugar were having problems it's great everybody go read it it's old she doesn't do it anymore but you can listen to the dear sugar podcast um this religion is there any kind of weekly monthly or yearly or quarterly worship or get together meeting hang out oh yeah cool 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 
Um, these questions are hard. Um, I guess there is. Uh, I'm just like this is just for my life, right? What did I say? It's so baby. It's kid, baby Jesus. Yeah, kid friendly friend, Jesus. Friendly baby Jesus. Yeah. We got uh, trying to be self aware. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's our main rule. That's our yeah. tr- trying to be like pr- utilitarian. And mm-hmm. we have an advice columnist. Okay. I think it's just like there's no set schedule, but you just got to show up when people want to see you. Okay. Yeah. Like if, if someone, if someone's sad or, or, or if someone's like sad about something or celebrating something or bored or whatever, you got to show up. That's like a, the thing. Almost like a peer to peer, like, like, uh, like somebody posts on It's like a, you have like a Facebook feed and be like, oh, I need somebody for, yeah. uh, a cry. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I can, I can give. If can someone's give you a, like, a what, what are you doing right now? It's like, it's inappropriate to to not be like, mm. I'll make it happen and come see you. Do you yeah. think that's a relationship, a good relationship thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good friendship thing, but I think it would be that's too much for a for a bilateral mm. relationship. But that's fine for a web of community. Uh, oh, somebody know. says like, oh, I need this right now, and you you don't. You think and it's you have too one much? of one of. 10 people but if you're if you're always you know people are needy if you're if you are constantly having to do that for each Mm. other i think that's too draining but if you're on a rotation of 10 then that's gotcha so you're you know what i mean yeah so like your your model of like relationships it's cheating away from codependence and and towards independent to interdependence so interdependence right yeah but that interdependence leaning towards independence Yes. Well, I think that you need to a good relation. Now, this is a, I guess this is a, a, my proclamation. Is that one of your questions that it's going to be? Okay, you can't you, you can't have a relationship <laughs> where like you need each other and you can't live without each other. No, no, no. People think that's good. That's bad. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. you the most romantic and sexy and functional type of relationship is. I'm perfectly happy without you. I don't need you. I could live my life without you. I'm choosing to add you to my life because I prefer my life with you in it. I like that. Yeah. I, I'm of the same philosophy. My Most of my relationships that have not worked out have been because there was too much neediness in there. There was too bad. many, too much of a void to fill. It's I mean, that bad. my first two relationships in college, that was exactly what it was for me i mean did you did you ever have anything like that where it's like they fail because i didn't have i didn't know i wanted to do comedy i didn't know i wanted to do anything mm-hmm. i was like i honestly remember having this thought maybe even said this out loud to my girlfriend my senior year of college mm-hmm. and they were, she was like talking about she wanted to go to grad school she's like what do you want to do i'm like i don't know i'll just kind of go wherever you go wrong answer <laughs> wrong answer you gotta i i really believe yeah. you gotta have your own oh totally mission, i mean first of all you're boring life. people will get bored with you yeah but i am um, uh, my good relationships have um, both ended, I think, partially because I, like, um, just up-leveled myself. Mm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. my, like, college boyfriend was like, wow. Like, he was like, all of a sudden I have this girlfriend who you know uh doesn't care 
what anybody thinks and we'll go talk to anyone and like when i met him i was kind of like shy and insecure and stuff i gotcha so yeah that's that makes sense so that's an outgrowing and not in a even a negative way like oh you're better than that person it's just my needs have changed because i when i that's what to me outgrowing means it's mm-hmm. like as i have changed and evolved what i need now is yeah. not the same as it needed i needed oh my two god years ago. do you love the movie her I love that movie. Is that's the saddest part to me that when she um goes away with Alan Watts yeah. and she's like I'm like he yeah. to a place where he I love can't Alan even Watts, by the way. yeah he <laughs> he can, he doesn't even understand where she's going or why she's leaving or what she needs that he can't give her it's that far evolved from him that she has grown that yeah. was very very upsetting to me Mm. that was like oh my god that's so real and so human it's so intense she just she grew out of him it was so sad man that was a good relationship or that was a good movie about and that's a perfect dynamic of like he was too needy on her yeah he didn't have his own life really yeah he was kind of uh, a a guy who was just doing the the fucking greeting card thing because he kind of wanted like he had nothing else to do that movie was so good because it would have been like a um uh it would have been a fascinating movie even if she were not a computer if that if that relationship agree. had yeah. taken place between God, just I need to two rewatch people. that movie. Me too. Me too. Damn. It's one of my faves. Okay, um, go on. So anyway, we have this this thing, our our matching of uh, a ten way matching system for mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of okay. So that, that ten way matching system for needs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, how yes. do I? How does this fit? Yeah. My my questionnaire yeah. is now all uh, it's all jacked yeah. up. Yeah. So this happens all online. Uh-huh. No, is there no physical space, or is there a physical space? Oh yeah, there's physical. Why is it all happening online? No, uh, you gotta yeah. show up. You show up with the wine. <laughs> so show up with the food. Wine? Show up with the wine and the food. Is this in apartments or is it like a rented? Uh... <laughs> it's in my apartment. This is like my happy space. It's like with my friends on my couch. Oh, with, so it's Julia's couch. <laughs> <laughs> it's on my couch. The church is my couch. <laughs> hey, that's uh, it's yeah. a very holy place. Um, so I mean, this can be as I've never had somebody have a very personal one. Like, to, oh, like really? Just what do people and, usually say? Well, I was just listening to George Barber's episode on my way here, but then I you t- started talking about Jimmy World. And I was like, oh, uh, listen to that. Uh, world. Um, I think, it, no, in the personal in the sense of like just me and my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it does, make, I guess, because it does make me uncomfortable to think of myself as like the leader of a religion. <laughs> you don't have to be the leader of this religion. But I would be the creator of it. Well, <laughs> now you are. Now I am. Okay, but Theoretically, no, it is true. It, I want this okay. to be the religion that I am like a part of. Someone else made it up, but like I'm like, this is so great. Okay, so it's just a person's couch. It's not Julia's couch. Like a rotating couch system? Yeah, you you have to go to people's houses. You have to go to people's houses. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. There's a, I've read, I was reading something about the guy who started uh, this mega church in Orange County called Saddleback Church. I don't know if you've heard of Mm -hmm. it. Rick Warren wrote the, the really, it's like the, fulfilling life or something like Didn't that. Didn't they have some problem with youth pastors? I don't know. I, I should I should look into them more before I start. I'm not even espousing I anything. I think there's a Dan Savage term that's saddlebacking that is referring really? to something shitty. Ooh, I'm not, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. I'm not endorsing anything with everyday belief, but just in their format, they said 95% of what 
of the work of this church happens in small groups at people's homes. Mm. Only 5% of is like the actual big yeah. thing. So I, I think there's a lot of power in that small group. Yeah, I like that a lot. And on the couch. On uh, the couch, yeah. What do you do with your kids then? Like, are your kids coming along? They They're doing out. their own thing? They yeah. hang out. They have like a kid's room to hang out or are they, they live there? They hang out there. Oh, the coolest thing. I went to... Um, so my friends just got engaged. Not just. This was a while ago now. They're engaged and they... Um, a lot of Jewish stuff heading your way. Okay, yeah, yeah. so there's a thing called an aliyah, mm-hmm. which is like a s- special honor. You like do the prayer. She died in a plane crash. No, <laughs> right. it's um, you. You read my mind. You read the. Um, there's an aliyah before every Torah portion. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so you read you. It's like the blessing before you read each mm-hmm. portion of the Torah, and mm-hmm. it's like uh, a honor. So my friends had an aliyah to honor their engagement so we all went to see it and first of all actually re honey this was cool as hell <laughs> every aliyah was for a couple and so they had molly and yael who had just gotten engaged and then they had like a couple who's their one-year wedding anniversary and they had a couple who it was their 10-year wedding anniversary wow. and then they had like it was like m- more and more longer relationships and and like the rabbi had each couple like give the other one's advice uh-huh. and like it was cute as hell. Why was I saying this? Oh, because when we were there, it was uh, c- controversial among my friends who came because there were kids running around. There was no like separate room for the kids. The kids were just like on the outside yeah, doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And like some of the moms would like go and like kind of sit with the kids or mm-hmm. or be with the kids, but they didn't have to leave the room. Yeah. And this was also right in the wake of Donald Trump <laughs> sending that baby out of his press conference or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> get that baby out of here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was so cool because I, I think it's very typical that basically like moms have to leave. When yeah. the babies are being a problem, but this was so awesome because the moms were just like chilling. That's great, and like the kids were making honestly a lot of noise. <laughs> they were being like very distracting, <laughs> but everyone was just kind of like, "This is how it is," and we're just everyone is being together, and in a way, we're like like acknowledging and honoring that these kids are tiny kids and they can't control themselves, and mm-hmm. um, but we're not saying like, "Okay, they're." parents have to then not be here either mm-hmm. so that's how my i loved that that's how and then my yeah. friend who like grew up episcopalian was like that was crazy i was like you're so <laughs> new england <laughs> but um that uh that's how mine would be too the kids are just around i like the that. kids are just around i like yeah. that um, yeah and yeah my my church would send them right out yeah <laughs> out, out. um well we're about out of time so let's go ahead and uh let's name this thing okay um, let's call it Friendly Jewish Baby Jesus. <laughs> I love it. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Julia Meltzer, people, Honey Podcast, everybody listen to Honey Honey Pie. with Julia Meltzer. Uh, anywhere else you want, you want people to follow you Find on? Find me there? on Instagram and Twitter as Drunk Actress. Right on. Julia, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a lot of fun. This was a delight. And that is the show. Once again, thanks so much to Julia. Check out Honey. Chooseyourownreligion.com for more of this show. I love you guys very, very much. Jamaste. What's a creative podcast network?